0: Ollie was in a dentist's office, which is not, at the surface, unusual, except that Ollie doesn't have teeth, because he's an octopus. He has kind of a bony structure called a beak, but even that's kind of inside of his body. So Ollie was in a dentist's office, trying to look inconspicuous. Now, it can be a little bit tricky for a talking, land-dwelling octopus to look inconspicuous anywhere. But he was doing his level best, because Ollie was on the run. You see, he'd been working on this case about trying to break up this sort of small-town gang in an area sort of north of Baltimore, it wasn't a terribly frightening gang. It wasn't a big national gang like, I don't know, Bloods or Crips or anything like that. It was just kind of a local circle of troublemakers. And they'd pretty much figured out who they were and what their main income stream was, which was kind of a protection racket, which means that they would, they would get business people to pay them, and in exchange, they would not cause trouble in their store. Like the criminals would in exchange for money, not cause a problem in the businesses. Um, and it's a classic racket, and it has a whole, you know, set of laws around it. The trouble was, they caught on to all this snooping, and they didn't like it. After all, it's pretty easy money being paid not to do something. So they were chasing him. He'd, there was four of them. And they'd seen him coming out of one of the businesses that they were, you know, threatening, and they started chasing him. And he ran into an office building, and in that office building it was mostly professional offices—lawyers, accountants, a title company—but on the bottom floor there was a dentist. And so all he darted in. But Ali quickly realized that there was a problem. That he was an octopus. And the other patients were all humans. And so if they came in, which they almost certainly would, they'd spot a right away. And he didn't even know if this dentist's office was, you know, part of the production racket, if they were one of the businesses that was paying these people not to cause trouble. And if they weren't, this was, like, free advertising, you know? Because if they win and they went in and they started a fight with Ollie in the middle of this dentist's office, then all they had to do after the fight was go up and say, and we'll do it again if you don't give us money. Well, I couldn't have that. And he didn't want to, you know, try and fight four full grown humans. He had to think, and he had to think. And he saw them come into the building, and so he hid. Sure enough, the four ruffians did come into the dentist's office. They came in and said, we're not looking for trouble. We're looking for an octopus. I think it might have come in here. They looked all around and they didn't see Ellie. They looked under the chairs. They looked, at, you know, in the chairs. They even were pretty smart. Smarter than most crooks because they looked on top of things. They looked up in the shelf. They even looked in the aquarium, but all they saw were rocks and normal aquarium fish. They looked around, and then the owner came out and said, Hey, you know you can't be in here. We had an arrangement. I said, Sure, all right, we're going. But if you see this octopus, you let us know. The owner said, All right, well, you get fun, guys. We, we had a deal. I pay enough for your insurance policy without having you in here anyway. And so they left. And the owner looked around, and he said, they're gone. You can come out now. And over in the aquarium, one of the rocks in the aquarium changed colors softened its texture, and climbed out of the aquarium because it was Ollie the Octopus right there in the wall aquarium. And I said, that's a pretty good trick. If I didn't know that I don't have a rock in that part of my aquarium, I would have been fooled too. You can't come running in here like this. Those guys, they've been shaking up the whole whole shopping mall, basically. Shaking down, I should say. I don't know how to. I don't know how to stop them. I Tried to get the local police involved, but they don't seem interested. So you got to ask them for proof. But how do you? Not, yet, not that they give me an invoice. Oh, I said it's a tough, it's a sticky wicket. But I might have an idea. It's a long shot, but I've got a friend in the FBI, and I think racketeering, protection rackets. I think that's a federal crime. So even if the local boys in blue aren't interested, I bet the FBI would love to commute just an hour out of town from their D.C. headquarters and come up here. Let me see what I can do. So Ollie called his friend in the FBI, and I said, well, I don't really do protection rackets, but Shelly, who does, yeah, man, she said to travel all over the country. I bet she would like to just go up to Towson. Let me put you in contact. Here's her, here's her number. Well, it took a couple of days, but Shelly did come up. And she loved it. It was a knockout. These criminals, they may have been a little bit smarter as far as looking for people, but they weren't very smart as far as covering their tracks. At least not versus a, you know, federal agent. With all his help, she had him pinned down, identified, located... In about three days. Day number four, she commandeered the help of the local police and put all four of them into jail. On federal charges. She said, Ollie, I've heard about you from some friends in the agency, some local police. Nice to meet you. Do you uncover this kind of thing very often? I said, you know, this is the first time I've broken up a protection racket, but it feels pretty good. She said, it really really does. Hey, I appreciate the help. How can I, how can I pay you back? Oh, so you don't have to pay me back, but I just want to buy me a cup of coffee. That I'd take. And that was Ollie. In the case of the Protection Racket.